Geo Bears After Dark, presented by DraftKings. Make sure you use the code CHGO when you sign up. I am your host, Greg Braggs Jr., and alongside me, as always, here on Monday nights. Uh, hopefully, we're not assessing the damage every Monday <laughs> night, but that's what we seem to be doing here uh, with my guy, Corey Wooten. How you doing? You know, I'm doing good, other than <laughs> the Bears football uh, this season. You know, it's definitely... Uh, been a little disappointing um a lot disappointing actually um yeah i'm just just wondering how they're going to correct this ship and and the thing is what i'm just trying to remember is last year this was the same thing right the first couple weeks it was awful right it was very awful until luke getsy started scripting for success for justin fields i think we've realized right that at this point justin fields is obviously thinking too much Right. He's not that comfortable in the pocket at this point. Right. What do we have to do to get him going? Right. And the same game plan as last year, once things started going, allow him to use his feet. Right. I know in in the second half, people are going to say it's garbage time, this, that, and the other. But that's when the when the offense was actually moving the football. Right. When he was some design runs, giving the defense the threat of him uh, running the football. And we didn't see that early on. Right. There's no reason why Justin Fields shouldn't be leading the league in rushing attempts as a quarterback. There's no reason why he should. So I think it's a disservice to him. He has to clean up a lot of things. But I think the the game plan going forward this week against Denver is really get the running game going with him, with Roshan Johnson, with Khalil Herbert. Right. They should be a run heavy team that sets that up with the, with the play action. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, last year how it wasn't until Luke Getze made the adjustment to the play calling to, to play, you know, call plays to his quarterback strengths that a change was made, but at the same time they did start two and one. And we understand that the first win against the Niners was in a monsoon, but Mm -hmm. Hey, the Niners had to play in that monsoon too. You know, it was an even playing field for both sides. And, you know, we talked about this on the post game show. I think the thing that's most staggering, it's not that they're losing, it's how they're losing. Yep. And then on top of that, how many additions they've made from last year's roster. Yes, yeah. they only, they they had the least amount of wins in the NFL last year, but at no point, even in the early start where the offense was struggling, they couldn't figure out the play calls did it look this bad where it feels like they've let go of the rope? You know, that, that to me is the thing that's most staggering. I mean, from your standpoint, how is it possible to add this much talent and be worse than last year's team with that roster? Well, I think it it speaks to what we kind of thought and what they've been talking about in the media, the coaching. Obviously, I think it's the coaching is a big thing. I think there is some talent deficiencies at the defensive line for sure. Like, no no, no question about it, right? But wide receiver, right? They upgraded that, you know, with DJ Moore, right? We thought, oh, it would take the pressure off a guy like Claypool, Darnell Mooney, right? Cole Komet would step up and take the next step. And we just haven't seen the players really play to their capability. I know uh, DJ Moore had a good game against uh, Tampa, but Claypool, you know, has been up and down, right? At times, he's been getting punked by little receivers, especially blocking. I'm like, bro, you're 6'4", 245 pounds. You should be be pancaking those dudes, Uh, a DB that's 5'10", 180. So we just haven't seen them go up to the potential, especially offensively. And, yes, it's play calling for sure. 
Um, you know, linebacking core is probably one of, one of the best, I, I believe, best, uh, you know, parts of the defense. Secondary has been awful. Like, we thought that was going to be a strong suit as well. Yeah. How many blown coverages left and right? You cannot win games if if they're wide open people, especially against a, a team like the Chiefs. That's why they carved them up 34 nothing, like it was nothing. Right, Patrick Mahomes and over there having fun on the sidelines, all this, just like Tua, you know, playing against Denver. It it it, it was it's it's embarrassing at this point, right? It it really is because there 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 is no nothing out there that resembles a better team than last year. I tweeted, I said, how did they get worse from last year? Right. I tweeted, how did they get worse? That it it doesn't make any sense at this point, and I think it I think it all comes, especially offensively, down to coaching. Like Justin Fields definitely has to has to play better. But I think the first game was so critical to his success. And that's what I was saying in, in every, you know, broadcast, in every podcast I was on. I was like, this first game against the Packers will set Justin Fields up for the rest of the season, right? Mm-hmm. How he does in this game, this is a big confidence-building game. And I think if Jordan Love wouldn't have done well in that game, I don't think he'd be playing the way he is. So I think both of them had a – a huge game that first game. Jordan Jordan Love played great. Justin Fields didn't play as good. So I think that's why we're seeing him. He, he's not confident right now, right? And how do you get his confidence up? You get him on the move. And I think that's what the coach's fault is. They're trying to keep him in the pocket. He's thinking too much. He's holding the football. Get him on the move. It's like Lamar Jackson. Why would you ever keep him in the pocket, right? What makes him special and dynamic is his ability to use his feet, just like Justin Fields. So right. It is what it is at this point. Maybe Justin Fields over time can be more of a drop back passer, but I wouldn't even want that, right? He's such a dynamic playmaker. Get him on the move. And and as a, a former defensive end, you would have hated to go against a guy like Justin Fields when he's on the move, when he's doing zone reads, 100%. RPOs, all this stuff, because you have to worry about him beating you at the corner. Right now, they're like, oh, he's dropping back, right? We can drop more. We'll keep him in the pocket. You know, the uh, the coverage will make him hold it, and all of a sudden we'll get those sacks. So that's what we're seeing right now. So the, this team has to improve. And, and Braggs, I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if the, if the Bears get blown out this week. Oh, boy. That seat is getting hot. That seat is getting hot, you know. I'm like, oh, it's, it's getting yeah. real hot. It yeah. really is, especially because Denver has been so bad. If they get blown out by Denver at home, that seed is getting hot for evil. Especially after Denver just gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins here last week. And now they enter this game as a road favorite. I think the line's like yeah. two and a half, and they're favored on the road after giving up 70 points. I think that's what the national you know audience is telling you of how they feel about this team. You mentioned the coaching and you know, just a little bit ago, I, I came across a clip. Gary Ross, shout out to him, always shooting me <laughs> some different things that helped me out with well, what we're talking about here. Jalen Johnson does a weekly interview with Danny Parkins on 6 7 in the score, and he had a two minute clip where he is talking about that it was in reference to Justin Fields, but just overall the sentiment that it's okay to call out the coaches. And I, you know, it, it was a very honest answer, and he gave a pretty detailed reason why. Like, hey, they're all in this together; they're all grown men. Um, the coaches and the at one point he said the coaches and the players are equals, and I, it's just I appreciated his honesty, but I'm certainly curious to hear your standpoint on this. Is it okay for players to call out coaches? 
and are players and coaches equals? So I, I, I do think so. Um, you know, I think, I think if you've established yourself as a veteran, as a leader of a team, I think you can call certain things out. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I think change things have changed a little bit since when I played. I feel like people were more PC when I played, you know, keeping it politically correct and whatnot. And I think guys are voicing their frustrations uh, more now. Uh, when I played, it was more like you kind of protect each other, whether you like somebody, whether you didn't. Um, you know, I know there was things about, you know, our quarterback situation in Chicago when I played, right? People felt certain ways. They're, they're never going to say that, you know, in public. Like, it's just what it is. You look after your teammates, you know, through the ups, through the downs. Um, same thing with the coaches for the most part, but I think nowadays it's becoming more accepted to do that. But at, at the end of the day, right, like, there's no reason why the Bears should be playing this bad, right? Like, there's there's no reason at all. All the additions, um, it comes down to coaching. Like, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Like I said, the only position that I don't feel great about is the defensive line, and that's been evident, right? So my thing is like this. You don't have the defensive line. What do you do at that point? You have to bring pressure from other ways. So that comes on. Now it's Eberflus that's that's running the show. Alan Williams out of the picture. So this is on Eberflus, right? They put up 34 nothing on who? Matt Eberflus, right? He has right. to look in the mirror and say, yep, that's my responsibility, right? So, and and in three weeks, Braggs, we have not seen any improvement from any pass rush, nope. any pressure, nope. and coverage, right? There's no excuses for, for MAs on coverage. How many wide-open receivers have we seen in the first three weeks? I mean, pro probably 20, 25, 30. Especially on third, guys third, been, and, third and long, it seems to be our game plan to leave wide receivers oh, wide open. In, in the Green Bay game, the Green Bay game, they should have put up 60 on us. Right. Jordan Love missed a couple wide open receivers. Oh, yeah. Like There was three times. The, the, that's 21 points right there. Like the, the coverage issues have to stop. I can understand one game, but you have to correct those issues. Like that's that's what I'm thinking is like, hey, this has to do with coaching, right? Because if somebody's not in there doing it, you know what I'm doing as a coach? You, you're getting your butt out of there. Like, if you're not doing what I'm asking you to do and you're blowing coverages, you're getting taken out of the game and the next next man up. Yep. So at that point, that comes on coaching. So we didn't get to talk last since the last time we talked, all hell is broken loose mm -hmm. at, at Hallis Hall. I mean, Wednesday was one of the craziest days I can remember as a Bears fan or covering this team that I, anybody's experienced you, you alan williams the fiasco going on with him a lot of different rumors going around nobody really knows the truth the team's been very very quiet about it um you also had justin fields you know saying what he said to the media then going to practice coming back kind of calling out the media for misconstruing his words but then when i listen to guys you know, on the pregame show on Sunday, like Kurt Warner and Bart Scott, I saw a clip of Warren Sapp, guys that have played in this league, guys that have been in these locker rooms, you know, and I take that, you know, I take, I hold a lot of water when I hear that. And, and same with your opinion. And you mentioned, you know, you've talked a lot about the coaching. You just said it's okay for, for players to hold coaches accountable, but from your standpoint, just from everything that happened throughout mm -hmm. this week with the bears, you know, what was your reaction to all of it? You know, I know it's kind of a layered mm. question, so you can kind of take us through it. But just yeah. in general, I mean, it, it, that Wednesday was just a whirlwind between the Alan Williams stuff and then the Justin Fields coverage. 
Yeah, especially the Alvin Williams stuff, because uh, I mean, it's still, still, we're seeing what is happening with that. I know it's something, so a big deal, whatever it is, and and soon we'll find out what what exactly it is. And then Justin Fields, I think it's frustration from him, obviously, right? Like there was so much hype building around how he finished last season. I thought this, you thought this, Hogue. I mean, all pretty much all of Bears Nation. You know, I'm pro- probably there was a couple naysayers here or there. Um, but there was a lot of pressure on Justin Fields. And I think it's it's starting to get to him a little bit, you know, because he just in, in that first half of the Green Bay game, Braggs, I'm watching it and I'm like, wow, he looks good. He looks really good in the pocket. One, two, three, you know, on the move, throwing off one foot, darts. And I'm like, okay. This is this is new Justin. I think he was like ten of twelve or or something like that in that, in that first half. He looked really good, and then all of a sudden in the second half, it's like they got away from that game plan, that rhythm, that tempo, that timing. Yep. And then they were like trying to force stuff. They're like, "Oh, the game's out of hand." The game was not out of hand by any means in the second half. Towards the end of the when when they started blowing coverages and whatnot, but sometimes they they're they're down a score or two and they're thinking, "Oh, I just got to pass the ball." No, stick to your guns, run the football. Right. I think it'll make everything that much easier. So I think the, the the coaching has just been awful. Justin Fields is frustrated with it. But at the same time, he's got to take accountability, right? He is the person running the show, right? So, yes, the coaching has been bad. But, hey, listen, he's got to have a meeting with the coaches and say, listen, you need to call what I like, what I do well, and let's rock with this. Because ultimately, right, my job's on the line, your job's on the line. Right. So let's do this together. Right. We did this towards the end of the season, the halfway point to the end of the season. Right. We figured out how to make this offense dynamic. Okay, so why are we not doing it? Right. So that's what I want to hear. And I hope he's doing that with the coaching staff saying, no, no, we need to call this. I need more RPOs. I need some more sprint outs. I need some more boots. So I'm hoping they're in there talking about that. Right. Because if, if they are and they are calling this BS that they've been calling the past three weeks, then that's on Luke Getze. Right. Yeah. That is 100%. And I think I think it is on him, right? You knew the recipe for success for Justin Fields off what last year you did, and you haven't done that, right? So ultimately, who do you think that that comes down to? Yeah, Justin Fields, he's he's missed some reads. He's missed some throws. Um, he's been he's been very he, – he hasn't been performing well, to, to be honest. But He even Luke, said ro- he's robotic. He felt robotic. Yeah, that, that's what you see out there. Like, honestly, when he's in the pocket – he is, I don't know what he's thinking, what he's looking at. Like, he he's thinking about something. And I'm like, because last year what we saw when he got in the pocket, his reads weren't there, tuck it and go, right? Scramble for 15, scramble for 10, scramble for eight. That's what he needs to do right now. Have that have that clock in your head and then scramble or or throw it away at that yep. point. You can't, you can't have some of these bad throws um, that he's been making. So, yes, some of it's on him for sure. A lot of it's on the coaching, right? You, a, a good coach gets the best out of their players. Yeah, I Does. agree. Uh, Crazy Crazy Ace is in the chat, and he mentioned, I'm just so curious why we refuse to run the ball. I know KC's defense is stingy, and that's what Brian Baldinger said to us last week. He's going to be on again with us here on Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday, which is pretty cool. But I asked him why they didn't run the ball against Tampa Bay, and he said, well, sometimes coaches make that decision that they can't you know, for days before the game because of Vita Vea. And I'm watching the Eagles game right now against Tampa Bay, and they're not afraid to run the ball on Tampa. They're, they're gashing them right now, you know? Yeah. And, and to me, you mentioned, you know, different ways to adjust mm-hmm. as far as coaching. 
running the ball. I've been talking about that for two weeks now. It's the best medicine for a quarterback yep. that needs to slow down and, and ha help him out a little bit mm -hmm. and try to get him back on track. The other one, too, when you talk about tempo, I, I haven't heard many people brought this up, and I, I've brought it up a few times when I've been you know cursing out people on spaces on Twitter, is we haven't really – like the other thing that I used to see back in the day a lot when an offense was struggling is they go no huddle on a you know particular mm -hmm. drive just to mm -hmm. shake things up uh, yeah i don't is that even a, a possibility is something that could help this offense or is because everything's so chaotic that if they go faster it could get worse <laughs> I, I think it could help stuff out like you see every time usually teams are moving the ball what in the two minute situation right towards the end of the first half towards the end of a game you know they've struggled all up to that point and then all of a sudden they get things going right because Defensive lines get winded, linebackers, safeties get winded and all that. So you're, you're, you're getting up to the line quick. You're calling a play. You're, you're taking advantage of the defense being tired. So I'm fine with that, especially early on. You, you, run, you run six yard, seven yard play, get up on the line again, do the same thing again, right? Get some tempo on there. They need something to, to shake things up because it's, it's just been so bad the way, I mean, honestly, the Bears have been, joke of the nfl this year right we thought the cardinals would be something like that right and look at them shocking the world beating dallas like their quarterback um performing well so it's just definitely frustrating when you when you have so much talent um especially in in the position of quarterback and a receiver like dj moore uh two-headed monster and running backs that you know roshan johnson can absolutely truck stick you khalil herbert can run around you and you brought that up about the tampa game right Vita Vi, um, you know, in there in the middle, but all of a sudden you, you find ways to, to scheme around that, right? You yep. double him, right? You, you run outside zone, you run some of the RPOs. We just don't see any creativity, right? You know what they do well, right? You learn how to uh, attack that, right? Double at the point of attack with him, right? Run away from him, run, run on the edge. All of a sudden, you know, when he's in there, he's going to push the pocket him one-on-one -on, -one on the guard or, or center might, might be tough sledding. So slide, double him in that point, right? Like there's ways to get around it. And I just guess he's not being very creative right now with his play calling. The first drive is always pretty decent. And then after that, it kind of fades. Yep. So once you get off the scripted period, then you have to make adjustments. They're not adjusting well, right? And, and that's on coaching. So people can say whatever they want about Justin Fields. Yes, he hasn't played good. He hasn't. But his, his play caller hasn't helped him out. No, so he I, need, he needs to improve on that. I don't think you're wrong, and I and I thought that that was the biggest problem with Mad Nagy. He only knew one way to skin the cat. You know, he he you know, and and some coaches they've only been in one coaching tree. You know, and yep. and and to me, I think there's value in bouncing around the league, yep. being under different coaching staffs, learning different ways, and then applying everything you've learned to how you would approach the game, not just one way. Uh, exactly. That's why, and that's, it, that's why I was always such a big proponent for Greg Roman. And I thought yep. the bears really dropped the ball to not bring him into this organization. And mm -hmm. when, when they made the coaching changes, I, however you head coach offensive court, whatever, to me, a guy like that, that understands the development of a quarterback mm -hmm. is vital, understands how to play to a quarterback strengths. He, he built one offense for Joe Flacco and then another mm -hmm. offense for Lamar Jackson. And that, that proves that he knows how to do different things to adjust, like you yep. said, and adjustment is so key in this league. And it just yep. feels like these last two play callers, Luke Getze and Matt Nagy didn't have, you know, that, that yeah. ace in the hole to, 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 to counter. 
Yeah, you, you look at all the quarterbacks that are doing well that are young right now, right? They have very good play callers, right? And play calling is an art, right? That's why the 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 new thing on head coaches, right, are young offensive-minded coaches. That seems to be the theme, right? Look at what LaFleur has done with Jordan Love, right? I, I, I really don't – I do believe if Justin Fields was in Jordan Love's position with LaFleur playing the – calling the plays – he'd be a lot more successful, right? Because he'd say, what does this guy do well? Look at Tua, right? They were kicking him to the side years ago. And I know he has Tyreek Hill, most right. one of the most dynamic playmakers, right? But look what Mike McDaniel has done for him. It's been unbelievable, right? Tua is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. So the, the thing is, right? Yes, he added Tyreek Hill, right? He got Gasicki. He, he has two pretty good running backs. But the play calling matters so much, right? Because Tua was a guy that they said, oh, before he came in, oh, he's, he's, he's not going to play here. We need to draft somebody else. He's not our guy. He's the best quarterback in the league right now, right? You could say he's playing better than Patrick Mahomes. We can all argue that all day, right? Right. And I think there is a reason. Tua is talented, right? But what does a good coach, an offensive-minded coach do, right? They get the best out of their talent. And Luke Getze, I'm telling you, you can say whatever you want. Luke Getze is doing Justin Fields a disservice because he is the most dynamic running quarterback in the league over Lamar Jackson. And we can argue that all day, right? We've seen the highlights. Justin Fields is the most dynamic running quarterback, right? And he makes plays. So as, as a defensive lineman, that's a nightmare matchup. Utilize that, right? Teams are staying up late thinking about what Justin Fields are going to do. And what through the first three weeks, what have they done? keep him in the pocket. That's what you want to do with him. Right. You want to keep him in the pocket. Yep. Right. So they, they, they just, it's just been awful. What gets has done. And, and people have just been so critical of this and that. Yeah. Justin Fields has not played well, but this is on Getsy hundred percent. This, this is, I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting the blame on him because he's going to ruin a talented quarterback that has a lot of potential. And I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, what Tua is throwing for 400 yards, but Jalen hurts. Right. He's an MVP type candidate, right? Right. Are his numbers crazy? Not at all, right? 220 to 260 yards passing, right? Okay, for, for this, this day and age. But what does he do, right? He uses his feet well. He's efficient, right? They, 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 they work the run. He gets out on the move a little bit. And then all of a sudden, right, a guy that's, that's numbers compared to somebody like Tua are very pedestrian, right? But what does he do for his team? He wins games. They score points. He runs that offense efficiently, right? And they have a great defensive line too, which takes the pressure. So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts on the bears that aren't up to par. Defensive line is one, but the one thing I, it is what it is with defensive line, but Iberflus has to do a better job of dialing up pressure because he's leaving the secondary out to dry and then they're blowing coverages and that's his show right there. So Getsy with the offense, Iberflus now, this is your show. And they 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 haven't been doing well on both sides of the football. You mentioned that seat is getting hot. It is. And, it and, is. And, and I I agree with you. I, um, Adam Hogue and Mark Harmon, we were on the post game show, and they're like, ah, they're they're not going to make any changes anytime soon. Like even if it, it gets bad here the next couple of weeks, and I was like, I don't if know, they man. get blown out by Denver, he should get fired. I'm I'm, I'm saying it. He wow. should. If 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 they get blown out by Denver at home after Denver. Had a 70 burger on them, a 70 burger with Mike White over there, right? With a couple touchdowns. They get blown out by Denver. 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired. Wow. I wouldn't. Hey, Would you be surprised if, if they get I wouldn't out? be surprised, and if it were me, I'd probably do it. That that's that's my honest answer. And 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 one of those other reasons is because one of the questions I wanted to ask you is: it, it, Has Matt Eberflus already lost the locker room? Because the the comments he's making to the media are scary, and to come to the podium immediately after a game like they had yesterday and like talk about the positives, I just think is. I I know players. I I'm I I've been I've been I I didn't play at the highest level, but I always respected the coaches that kept it real with me. Yeah. I cover Purdue basketball. Matt Painter it, to me is one of the best college basketball coaches in the country. He keeps it real with his players, and I see how those players respect that from him. It's not easy to be that type of guy, but if you find the right kind of players, yeah. they respect that a lot more. And to me, Matt Eberflus walking up to the podium every week, yesterday and today, and just coming up with the excuse train. Mm -hmm. If the players hear that, I don't know how much they pay attention to every single press conference, and they probably don't. But I have a funny feeling he's saying the same stuff in the locker room. And for him to walk up there today and go, well, this team just hasn't practiced together that much. And, you know, they're still getting to know each other. Like, to me... You can think any of that stuff, but to put that in the atmosphere just shows to me that you're a, you're a weak-minded head coach. I hate saying that. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Matt Eberflus, but at the end of the day, you got to be a little more hard-lined in your convictions and take yeah. responsibility for what you're doing. So that's my question to you. Do you think he's he's losing the locker room or already lost it? I I think I think he might start. I think he might start losing it a little bit you know to be honest like when you're a player right and a coach is just not taking accountability for for his end right and i i think this falls a lot on him be, being the captain right when you're the head coach you are the captain of the ship right you you are responsible for everything so what's going on out there right three weeks in a row i could see one week of seeing that maybe even two right but the third week the same different thing of blown coverages uh lack of pressure uh, lack of play calling, right? You have to hold people accountable, right? If people are blowing coverages on the back end, take them out, take them out, let them think about it. All of a sudden, that's going to motivate them that much more. And then if you take them out and the person that, that just got put in does what they're supposed to do, then they're playing at that point, right? Because yep. you, you get a couple opportunities and then you got to get out, right? If you're making the same mistake, how are you going to learn? How are you going to grow at that point? So he needs to hold people accountable, right? If people aren't generating rush, you know, and and it's and it's just lack of effort, all this, they got to go too, right? And you got to dial up that blitz package. This is your ship right now, right? Yep. You got talented linebacking core, right? You could bring some pressure off the edge. They have to find ways to generate pressure because this defense, they can't stop the run. They're not generating any pressure and they're blow, blowing coverages left and right. So it's like, how do you expect an offense – to be able to do it if they go three and out and then all of a sudden they drive down the field and score. And then the same thing is happening. Like you have to have a strong defense. So I definitely wish they would have stacked up the defensive line a little bit better. You know, I know Dexter is a project, right? I know Pickens really hasn't um, done as much as we we saw in the preseason, but there were some other guys uh, during the draft that I thought could have made a bigger impact early on. Um, so I was definitely you know, people were getting mad at me for, for, I'm not saying Dexter or Pickens is not going to be a good 
long-term pick. They they could very well. But what did the Bears need now? They didn't need somebody that's a project. They needed somebody to come in, be ready to play day one. Yep. And so that's why I didn't understand why people were getting mad by my reaction. I'm like, you need a guy to step in day one and make an impact, right? So that's what people were talking about. Oh, you know, should we have drafted right? And you, you posed that question or Jalen Carter, right? Yep. And I'm thinking about it now. And I'm like, I do like the, the right pick. But at the same time, right? having a stud at three technique right now would be pretty dang good. Right. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that could generate pressure, somebody that could set the tone um, in the run game. And that's what they need to get uh, next year, to be honest with you. I think that's that's the the most critical. And that's the problem when you have a team that has as many holes as this team had going into the offseason. you can only pick one and you're kind of damned if you do damned, if you don't. And had they taken Jalen Carter and then not found a a proper solution at right tackle, Mm. we'd probably be talking about even more how, you know, uh, Ryan Poles and Luke Getze aren't helping Justin Fields out by getting him the proper protection. So, yeah. I, like, I, I I think as long as Darnell Wright works out and you've been a big yeah. fan of his, yep. I'll be fine with it. You know, Definitely. It, it, but, you know, even if even if Jalen Carter ends up big time, you, then yeah. as like you said, you've got Definitely. next offseason yep. to ke- continue to address your other yep. holes. But Darnell Wright, he's looking promising. He's still young. He's going to get beat. Every, everybody gets yeah. beat in this league. But yeah. I saw a pancake where he just flattened yeah. a guy. I don't no, know if he's, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's, he's going to be a good player. But my thing is like this. This is two off seasons of them not addressing the defensive line, which is definitely disappointing, right? Yep. How do you win championships in, the, in this league? Offense and defensive line, right? Philly, I always use them as an example. They have one of the best offensive lines, one of the best defensive lines, right? And that allows them to be competitive in every game, right? Because you win the battle of the trenches. That's how you win games. The Giants, 07-11, right? Michael Strahan, Osinger Minora, Justin Tuck, Matthias Kiwanuka, right? And then 11 with Jason Pierre-Paul. That's how you win championships with the defensive line. They single-handedly beat Tom Brady because of that defensive line, right? right? You know, the years when uh, Rod Marinelli and Lovey coached with Tony Dungy, when they won the the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, right? You know, that's how you win championships. Von Miller, when he completely took over that Super Bowl, that's how you win games with a dominant defensive line. So we haven't had a dominant defensive line uh, since Vic Fangio, you know, with Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack. Um, Leonard Floyd was on that team, and he wasn't as productive as he is now. Imagine if if he was as productive, you know, now, Back then, oh, man, that defense would have been been lights out. But um, to win games and be dominant in this league, you have to you have to win the battle of the trenches. Yep. And San Francisco, right? You look at their offensive line, great. Their defensive line, they got guys, waves of guys that can come in and pass rush. And that's why they're so successful. They pressure the opposing quarterback, right? And not many quarterbacks can handle pressure, right? Even some of the best ones. You look at how um, the Steelers completely took Jimmy Garoppolo out of that game, right, with the pressure. He couldn't handle the pressure in his face. So the Bears, think about it. These quarterbacks are like this, making a sandwich, making making a Portillo's (laughs) hot dog, you know, making a milkshake, having a brewski. Okay, let's get the margarita machine. And then they throw it. (laughs) You need to speed up that clock. So that's that's on Ibrafus at this point. But this offseason, if they don't address the defensive line, I'm throwing something at the screen. I'll tell you that. Like, it, they they have to. Well, we don't want that. Um, 
especially if you're in the CHGO Sports Studios. We, we no, I'm going to break that one. We need a bigger screen. No. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm with you, so I'll break it with you. We, I want. I need bigger. I need big TVs. So did you Did you have a paper bag over your head yesterday? I wore a paper bag for the entire two hour show. Yeah. And honestly, it may be my finest moment, Corey. <laughs> there you go. So is that is that what you used to use when you used to ask girls to prom? Because you know what, oh, you know, see what you look like. <laughs> you know what? You can throw. I see where it is, but you know, you said off the air how I cleaned up nice on Fox Thirty Two this morning. Yeah, so I was it, just trying to be nice. That was it. <laughs> Hey man, I was a stone cold killer growing up. That's Uh-oh. how I, that's how I rung in. I might Jenny, have to man. ask Mama Bra- Bragg. She's gonna be like, listen. I don't know. He was a nerd. He was he was playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> yeah, with his friends. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I hey, these blue eyes, man. I you know what? You'd have had a tough time around me picking up the ladies. So nah, <laughs> nah bro, Bragg's. Come on, man. I would have passed him to the side. Like get this guy out of here. You know what I oh. mean? that's funny all right well we're gonna take a break here and then we're gonna flip it around it and try to talk about you know some different things uh you know we've already covered a lot but uh got a few different topics i want to hit on before we get out of here uh but before we do i want to shout out our guys here at DraftKings. make sure you use the code chgo when you sign up we're back with another week of football got a couple monday night games going as we speak and DraftKings sportsbook is keeping us in on the nfl action with great offers every single game day New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with the code CHGO. New customers can just bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help us. Is help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 or over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sports, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling gaming research resources bonus bets expire seven days after assurance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply um so there it is shout out to DraftKings. uh and like i said i got a few more things i wanted to touch through and i I really appreciate your insight here every monday i think we all learn a little more and become smarter football fans from it so we appreciate it i kind of want to get into some solution based things you know we, we constantly are talking about the problems you talked about yeah. a few solutions mm-hmm. here in our first segment of things you would do different but that's yeah. kind of how i want to focus this on now sticking with the defense for a minute and then we'll move yeah. over to the offense if you're matt Eberflus, are you hiring a defensive coordinator or a defensive consultant you mentioned lovey smith and rod marinelli and those were two names that i had here yeah. in my notes as guys i understand if you bring somebody in they're just getting here what are they going to do but if you bring somebody that's been in this system before and has an understanding of mm. it 
does it make sense to try to convince Lovey Smith or Rod Marinelli, who Rod has a relationship with Matt Eberflus, to come in here, maybe just simply as a consultant to kind of yeah. help carry the load for Matt Eberflus here yeah. for the rest of I, the year? I think uh, Marinelli would probably be a little more realistic because I, I highly doubt Lovey would come back given the circumstances of how he's let go and all that. Like, sure. I couldn't see him coming back, but uh marinelli is, is retired now supposedly but i don't know for, for the right price you maybe can get him back uh just for a season to consult a little bit um but i i, I think it'd be i think it'd be a good thing they need somebody you know former coach that's familiar with this tampa two just to get things going because tampa two the the one issue is if you do not have a dominant defensive line guys that can get off the ball Right. You'll struggle. And that's what we've seen. Right. The past two years, we've seen a defense that's really struggled. Um, you know, I'm looking at the game and I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, Braggs, I'm wondering, like, what are the coaches teaching them when a defensive end is making an inside move? I, I can't remember if it was uh, if it was Yannick or Green. Um, they made an inside move on the right side. Right. And usually in a situation, right, if you're making an inside move, you have a cover be call right with the, with the tackle. Uh, inside of you right the three technique or nose yep and then all of a sudden right you make the inside move the, the the three technique like hits the guard and then he plays off you right so if you make that inside move all of a sudden you're going out there for contain literally there's nobody out there for contain Patrick Mahomes scrambles for 20 yards same thing happens again I'm like where are they being taught this right there are rush lanes especially a guy like Patrick Mahomes right he he can run. He's not going to run as much as Lamar or Justin Fields like he did last year. But there are rush lanes, right? Everybody has a rush lane. You have to stay in that rush lane. Yep. And we see too many times guys coming out of the rush lanes. I'm you fine talked with about them. This a lot last year. Yeah, I'm fine with them making inside moves. Get a cover me call. That way you have that defensive tackle covering you on the outside. So all of a sudden it works almost like a natural game, right? You make Yannick makes that inside move. All of a sudden Pickens or Walker fits off him. And then all of a sudden he's able to get a sack, right? Because you're scraping to that outside contain. The quarterback doesn't see it or you're right in his face. He throws it out of bounds. You hit him, you pressure him. That's how you play football. Like they're not working enough games, enough stunts. They're not talented enough to win on four man rushes. That's just what it is right now, right? Yep. You just have to accept what it is, run some games, run some exit stunts, right? Where the end goes first, picks the guard, works up. Tackle goes off him. Texas stunt. You know, tackle goes goes first and comes back in a round. You know, working working uh you know different different stunts inside, right? Tango games where you're setting a pick on the center. They need to work other things, work some linebacker stunts as well. Why not at this point? Right. Yep. There's the quarterbacks have too much time back there and there is no rush lanes. So I think they have what is it one sack this season? Right, because to your point, the the stats are lining up exactly with what you're saying. Matt Bowen uh, put this out earlier; does a great job with his coverage. He said highest zone coverage rate in the league, seventy three point six percent. Just one sack to answer your question. Nine yeah, nine total QB hits and a pressure rate of only nineteen point six percent. And his yeah. take was: you need to heat up the quarterback for this scheme to work. You have to. Right now, they don't have the front four, so you got to dial it up with the blitz, right? Maybe, maybe get the coverage a little bit tighter just to buy that rush a second, and then all of a sudden, you, you give them different looks, right? You act like you're coming, and then all of a sudden, you drop everybody. So you just disguise it a little bit. They're just not doing enough of that, and Ibraflus, 
you know, when he's coming in here, they're saying he's this defensive guru, defensive genius. We just haven't seen that, right? Like, you know, when I when I when I think about teams that maybe didn't have the most talent, but then they played higher than than they were supposed to. It's like the coaching staff gets the best out of them, and we're just not seeing that. Yeah, I agree. Elias in the chat says, "Send Sewell, send Sanborn, or Brady. yeah, we we need send something." I, I I would I would much rather that and and, and tighten up the coverage, you know, on the yeah. back. Just give it a second, right? Be a little physical. You got five yards where you could be physical. Be physical allow that rush to get there, the ball's going to come out quicker, right? And then all of a sudden, it's going it's to speed up that time clock, and then you have the quarterback thinking. Because right now, he's like, oh, they're showing four right here. Oh, we got them. We'll, yep. we'll slide left. We'll be good all day. We'll keep it back in as well. We're good. So well, they're just not e- beating anyone. To make it even harder on them now, though, you, you had Eddie Jackson out. You had you have Kyler Gordon out. Josh mm-hmm. Blackwell got hurt at one point. I mean, Jalen Johnson even got hurt at one point. He came back in. Mm-hmm. Brisker continues to be in and out. He every game it seems like there's a little bang up, and he's playing through stuff. But yep. you're always kind of holding your breath with him if he's gonna be able to stay on the field, and that makes it even harder to you know because once you, then when you're putting in backups, then to expect them to play man coverage, yeah. you know, good luck to you. So the Bears certainly have their hands full with how they're going to get this fixed. And uh, I'm with you. They better figure it out this week, because if not, uh, I do think you, you'd be surprised that they haven't been a team with the reputation of, of, you know, making big changes in the season. But I think there is an opportunity with that, with Kevin Warren in the fold now, and maybe, you know, looking at things from a different lens than this organization has for a long time. So um, let's hope that they can, turn it around uh you know so mentioned bringing in somebody to probably help with the you know with the load you know different ways to dial up a blitz i want to move to the offensive side of the ball with justin fields and and Mm -hmm. we talk about you know is he broken how do you fix him what is he looking at how is he not seeing things luke gets certainly is doing him no favors but there's time and again where you can pull plays up where it's on him that he's just not seeing the field yeah and I saw a stat put out there earlier where there was this charting and it showed where the Eagles did not cover or not the Eagles. I'm sorry. The, the, um, you know, whoever we got our ass kicked by yesterday, chiefs, chiefs I know, uh, didn't cover the middle of the field. They were, they were basically saying, we're not worried about this area and Justin Fields isn't going to throw here. And I was joking with my buddy, uh, Phil Atoshin, who's coached, you know, played at Hofstra, you know, has a real good understanding of the game. And I was joking with him. I, I don't know how to fit. I've never been in a, in, in a football locker room. I didn't play football. I played basketball growing up. So, like, I don't know the answer. But I just know from my standpoint, the one idea I could come up with to help fix Justin Fields was I would tell him, I don't care. Like, this week, last week would have been the perfect week for this strategy. I'm, I don't care if we lose. You are not to throw to the outside part of the hash. We are going to run slants and digs and everything's going to be over the middle. And, and until you're like, until we just get this out of you where we can just get you to see it again, because yep. he can see it. He, he, he's shown he's made these throws in his career before. Get whatever's going on in his mind. If it's all going too fast yep. for him, 
does this sound stupid to me? Like, I, I'm, you feel free to call me a complete idiot, but like to me, I would just be like, we are going to call slants and digs, and we're going to start low and work our way up the field to higher progressions, and you are only to throw yeah. to the middle of the field until we get <laughs> this right. Well, I, I would say like this: just keep it simple. Give them two reads. Those reads aren't there. Tuck it and go at this point, right? That that's what I would do right now. Two progressions, one, two, not there. Tuck it and go. Just simplify it right now for him. He's thinking too much. You could tell that. Like he's a lot more talented than the way he's been playing. Um, so I would simplify it and then just just really start with the running game. There's no reason why in the first half he shouldn't have ten carries. You know, just be smart about not taking hits. Right, get out of bounds, slide. Like it just opens up a different element because then all of a sudden that defensive end is staying at home. And then what does that do? That opens up the running game for Roshan and um, Khalil Herbert, right? Because that defensive end is staying for fields and he's supposed to crash down. That gap gets wide. And then all of a sudden that's when you open up the run. So just the thought of him being able to run changes things and it opens up the running game. So that's why I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm pulling my hair out. Like, Getsy, what, what are you doing at this point? Right? Like, it worked last year, right? We took the the Dolphins down to the wire, arguably one of the best teams in football, right? The the plays Justin Fields was making with his with his legs was unbelievable, right? Mike McDaniel said to him after the game, "Man, like he was talking to him the, the all after the game. Man, you're legit." The Eagles when they came to town, what was everybody saying? This guy is legit. So everybody sees the talent there. Yes, as a passer. He has to clean up a lot, but Getsy is doing him a disservice and he's going to ruin him, you know, because I, I thought this is a situation where we do have our franchise quarterback. We do have a guy that can make plays be dynamic and they're not allowing them him to do that. Right. It's like, it's like Michael Jordan. You're like, Hey, you know, you, you can't be explosive out there. Right. Don't, I don't want any dunks from you. I don't want any dunks. Nope. None of that at all. I just want you to shoot from the outside. You know, Michael Jordan, yeah, he can shoot from the outside, but geez, like you're taking away Michael Jordan's natural playmaking ability, right? How many, how many different dunks and, and shots around the rim was he able to do? So man, I'm 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 just hoping that they allow him to do what he does well, and that's run. That God gave him a gift with his legs, man. He is he is the most dynamic running quarterback to ever play the game. Yep. It, it's true. And and if you can't figure it out against a team that gave up 70 at your at your house at Soldier Field, I mean, I think at that point, and this is what I mean, like, and Nick Moriano put it out there, the old saying goes, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And at the end mm. of the day, I do think some kind of change is going to happen, whether yeah. the coaching staff gets fired, whether Luke Getzey gets fired, or – the other swing of this pendulum, as much as some Bears fans will lose their minds over it, and because I've simply because I've seen it before in this city, yeah. the coach convinces that it's the quarterback that's the problem, yeah. and they put the quarterback on the bench. Matt Nagy yeah. put Mitch Trubisky on the bench. Nick Foles came in. We're like, oh, look, everything's gonna be fine now. He beat Detroit. He beat Atlanta or whatever, and. Uh, and then five day, five games later, he had to give up the playbook. You know, yep. it, coaches have egos too. And they're sitting yep. there like, 
This ain't my fault. This is his fault. He's not reading the field. Look at all these plays that I drew up. Guys are wide open. And he can't read the field. Don't talk yep. to me about his strengths. We're trying to develop him to be the quarterback. Yeah. We need him to be that exactly. I, to me. I think those conversations are being had. So to, to that point, and I'm rooting for Justin just as much as anybody else, but it's becoming more and more common in our chats. I see it on Twitter all the time. It's the elephant in the room that some people want to address and other people are afraid to talk about it. I'm going to read you a, a message I got from a fan. His name's Mike Withrow. He messaged me this on Facebook today. He said, Tyson Bajan, over 17,000 yards in college, over 5,000 snaps, 159 touchdowns, averaged over 350 yards a game and three or more touchdowns. Better numbers than any other QB to ever come out of college. We understand he's division two. Better than the top four quarterbacks drafted this year. By comparison, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, only had 1,500 snaps in college coming out of Iowa State. So experience-wise, Bajent has more than three times the experience than Brock Purdy when he started. It's not where you played, it's how you play. Big Ben and Purdy have proven you don't have to be from an SEC powerhouse to win in the NFL. We have people in our chat saying the exact same thing. Put in Tyson Bajent. You're hearing it more and more. My simple question to you is, Justin Fields at the end of the game got hurt. Mm. Take away whether or not Justin Fields should be benched. If in any scenario Tyson Bajent needed to come in, is it unreasonable for fans to think that he could handle the speed of the game? Or do you think with all of this experience, again, albeit division nope. two, that he could handle and process the speed of the national football league? I mean, honestly, you never know about any player until they go out there during a regular season game. Um, look how Brock Purdy transitioned, right? It was a good transition for him. It just depends on the player, right? He could go out there and light it up or he could go out there and look terrible. So it just depends how everything shakes out, right? The way that the coaching staff is calling plays, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it will work for him. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's a hypothetical question, but I think if, if, if Bajan is out there, I think you know that Justin Fields isn't the guy of the future, right? They, they got to that point in the season where they're like, you know what, because they put him in, you know what everybody's thinking, you know what everybody's saying, well, Oh, he played good. Oh, I think he should be the quarterback of the future going going into next year or compete with somebody at that point. So yep. I think it's like you have to know that Justin Fields isn't your guy to put him in there. I, I think at that point. So um, yeah, it's just it's it's so frustrating, right? Because you see quarterbacks out there like Dobbs from Arizona balling out, right? Against the Cowboys defense, like putting up numbers, leading his team to victory. Right. Um, and then you know, Jordan Love playing well, coming back to win that game, having three consecutive really good games. And it's just like, man, like Justin Fields has so much talent and they're just not tapping into that, right? He, it is what it is. He's not the pocket, pocket passer that we thought he could be right now, right? But that doesn't mean he can't be. Look at LeBron when he first came in the league, right? He could take it to the rack all day, but he struggled with shooting, right? Over time, he worked on it and became a really good shooter. So I think Justin Fields, that's where he's at right now. He kind of struggles with that pocket passing. When he's on the move, he feels more comfortable. Yep. Eventually, maybe he could get to that point. But right now, they have to do what he does well. And that's that's where the disconnect is. Like, Lou Getz, he's like, nah, these are my plays, and I'm calling them. 
it's like there's a travesty that Justin Fields coming into this game didn't have that many rushes. And I'm like, it, it just it just doesn't make any sense. So um yeah, the, the, the coaches have to look in the mirror, the players have to look in the mirror because it's bad across the board. There's no reason you should be down 34 nothing at halftime. No. That no that that's disappointing. It was embarrassing. It was to me the most embarrassing loss for me as a Bears fan. And I and I understand I'm I live in hyperbole world on Meatball <laughs> Island. But it's hard you're hard pressed to find more I mean, the Tressman era back to back blowouts to the Packers and Patriots. Were you a part of those teams, Corey? So um not during the that was the, the second year. Yeah, the this just the first year with Tressman. Right. The so, second year they got blown out back to back weeks by the Patriots yeah. and Packers. Then in the Packers game, they were losing yep. thirty five nothing at halftime. And I can remember them panning to Rogers on the sidelines just laughing at us. Yeah. And it was, and for me, that was the most embarrassing moment. And that led to Tressman and Emery getting fired after the season. They should have been fired that night. And to me, this is right up there, if not beyond it. Because when you t consider the hype going into this season, and then you consider just how poorly they played, at least that Tressman year, it, a lot of it was because that defense was aging. Yeah. There were players we all knew and loved. This team yeah. hasn't proven anything, and they're just a complete disappointment. And, oh, by mm. the way, you're playing the Super Bowl champions who have a quarterback that you passed on, and we have to continue to wear that on our sleeves. You have a former head coach that we ran here, ran out of here, rightfully so. Sorry, the parody Matt Nagy in our chat. But he's on the other sidelines now la laughing at us. And mm. you got Taylor Swift, the whole spectacle of Taylor Swift. It's just like a party. And we're the joke of it, you know? And and uh, I saw uh, Barstool Big Cat put out, he said the funniest thing, and it's so true. He's like, you know, uh, Travis Kelty invited Taylor Swift, and this is like, you know, back in the high school days where you'd invite your girlfriend to the one game you knew you were going to blow blow the other team out. So you looked. Homecoming and, game. And right, we're, the, we're the homecoming game for these other yeah. teams. I mean, how embarrassing. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it, to me, it, it just, it's bad. Um, yeah. You know, I know some people are getting fired up with the Beijing conversation. I'm sorry, guys. It's just going to continue to happen. Nobody, I, I'm not suggesting you make the move now. I want to give two more games, and I'd probably fire the coaches first. But there's a difference between what I would do and what I think the team will do. And if yeah. I had to guess, if I had to guess what happens first between coaches getting fired or Justin Fields getting benched, mm -hmm. I'm putting my money on Fields getting benched only because I've seen it before with Jay Cutler and Mitch Trubisky and everybody else. It's always the it's for the coaches. They're never the problem in their mind. They think they've got it all figured out. It's always the player's fault to them. So I, to me, I'm, I'm just warning you guys. And, and you know, air Jair says, once you make that move, you've essentially destroyed Justin's career. And I don't disagree, but I, I was merely suggesting to Corey, from a standpoint of where Justin looked like he had a concussion at the end of the game. Yeah. And I see D in the chat saying Bajan wasn't even active on Sunday. It makes absolutely no sense to me to not have him as your backup quarterback in the event where Justin Fields gets hurt, which has happened every year of his career. Then you could, could get a look on this guy. And like you said, you never know until a guy gets out there, what he's capable of. Sure. Exactly. We can all just write him off and say, you know, you guys are being ridiculous. The, the backup quarterbacks, the most popular player in Chicago sports history. But at the end of the day, it's, th you can't make sense to me why he's not at least the backup quarterback. So yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Get, get, let, let's get the conversation real quick. So a lot of people have been saying, oh, 
this is Mitch Trubisky all over again, right? So let me just clarify some things, right? Mitch Trubisky, right, when he left the Bears, there weren't teams all after him, right? I got to have this guy. I guarantee you if Fields, let's just say things don't work out with the Bears, there will be a bunch of teams that will have him as their starter. 100%, right? So there is a big difference between Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields. Like, listen – both struggling passing the ball, right? But when Justin Fields makes plays, he gets on the move. He is the most dynamic quarterback in the league running the football, right? So I think teams look at that and say, I got to have a guy like that, right? Look at all the buzz he created last year. All the coaches after games saying, man, that number one is a hell of a playmaker, right? So there will be teams lining up to have a guy like him. The the players voted him in the top 100 this year. That's how they view him. Exactly. Like he would go to a team like the Patriots, right? Whatever their situation with Mac Jones, right? He would come in there under Belichick's system and probably ball out. Because what do they do? They they, they script for success, right? And he said in, in the chat right now, yes, the Jets would love Justin Fields right now. They would, right? They They really would. Zach Wilson, I don't think he has it. I think Justin Fields does when you allow him to make plays, right? He is a playmaker. He's in a different category, right? There's some people, quarterback, quarterback. He's a playmaker, right? That's what separates him. So I'm just hoping that they do not ruin this opportunity to have one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. Because what he can be, if everything works out and, and he gets more confident, they get him on the move, he improves as a passer, I think he can be a better version of Jalen Hurts, and he's not that right now, so don't take that out of context. But if he improves the trajectory, what we saw last year, right, and how we thought we'd see this year and the season, hey, there's still a lot of games, so he can turn things around. They did last year as well. So I think his ceiling can be a better Jalen Hurts, right? It's all about getting the best out of him, right? Right now we're not. We're not seeing that. But I think if you do get the best out of him, I I think that's what we can see. Yep, and to your point, that's the point I made all offseason as well. When the Bears and Eagles played last year, to me, Justin Fields was the better quarterback on the field that day. And the Eagles players, to a man, after the game, were talking about how much of a superstar Justin Fields was. Did anyone ever say that about Mitch Trubisky? Did anybody? No, in fact, they'd insult insult him after the game and say things like, well, we forced him to play quarterback. You know, we haven't really heard that too much from, you know, opposing teams after the game kind of gloating and, um, you know, stomping on, you know, or, you know, throwing dirt on Justin Fields like they did Mitch. You're 100% right there. I think the respect level is a bit different. We're going to get out of here real quick. Uh, I got to remind everybody, hey, we got our CHGO, official CHGO tailgate here this Sunday. The DMVR crew, uh, you know, our, our, our guys from our network are coming over, DMVR Broncos. It's going to be a really fun tailgate. Tons of people are going to be there. Last tailgate was just absolutely phenomenal. Best in the city on the corner of Wabash and Cermak. All you can eat, firewater, barbecue. Just The food is insane, Corey. I can't wait for you to come out and try it. All you can drink, Goose Island. If you go to allchgo.com, hit the events tab, you can find all of our upcoming tailgates, including for the upcoming one here on October 1st versus Denver. Uh, And if you become a diehard, you have a chance, you know, with all these diehards here, you can get a discount on the uh, the tailgate event and other future events. You get a free shirt 
right out the gates. So, you know, you get Adam Hogue's newsletter that he puts out daily. Uh, so this is as good a time as ever to become a diehard. And please come on out to our tailgate. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be, you know, the, the games might not be fun right now, but I can promise you the tailgate's going to be. So make sure you hit it up. Uh, so that about wraps things up here for tonight. Uh, appreciate all your insight. Isaac Siegel, $20 super chat. Hey, I'm up in Wisconsin. It's at the point where I was told by Packer fans they were sorry we had to deal with this and that it would be beating a dead horse to make fun of us. Fans, just like Tom Grossi said, he felt bad for us. We've reached the level <laughs> oh, of pity from our most hated rivals. Yep, they're they're, ba they're basking in the fact that their quarterback is playing well and ours isn't. They so, are. Oh, we don't need Aaron Rodgers. We we we're just good at evaluating talent, baby. We had Brett Favre, we had Aaron Rodgers, and now we got Jordan Love, who nobody believed in, but he's playing well. So, uh, final thing before we go, Corey, what would be your message to the team if you were in that locker room? Yeah, my 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 message would be let's right the ship, right? We're we're zero three at this point. We've been, been embarrassing ourselves. We've been an embarrassment in the league. Let's turn things around. This starts this week, right? This is a team that's struggling as well. You know, we don't want to be that team that goes 0-4 at this point, right? Let's rally the troops. Let's get everybody together. Let's play our best football game. Let's fly around. Let's stop thinking about it. this, that, and the other. Justin Fields, play your game. Allow your, allow your feet to take you where you need to be and then set everything else up, right? Just play freely. You have nothing to lose at this point, right? Play football and stop thinking, because across the board, secondary to thinking, Justin Fields is thinking, uh, people are thinking too much. Just play football at this point, right? Fly around, have fun. This game is, yeah, we get paid a lot of money. There's a lot of stress and all this, but football is a fun game. Take advantage, right? Every opportunity that you have out there is a blessing. So take advantage of that opportunity. That's that. That would be my message to them. You know, like just play. You know, talk. You could talk. You could talk about this, that, and the other. You know, you could talk to your blue in the face. It doesn't matter. You have to go out there and do it, right? You could say, "Oh, we need to do this and that." No, do it, right? Luke Getzey, you're talking about. Oh, we need to get this and this. Have Justin Fields run, right? Defensively, oh, we need to play better and all this. Ibraflus, dial up the blitz. If you pressure a quarterback, they're gonna struggle. That's just how it is in this league. So pressure. I want to see an actual game plan. I want to see adjustments, something that we haven't seen this season. Yep. So Sorely we'll see. Needed. That's why we play the games. Time to but get I'm up. telling you, I'm telling you, if they lose this game and they get blown out, Eberflu's seat is getting hot. It is. Hey, after, after the 70 bird by Miami, right? They're on the sideline, two and all of them. <laughs> you know, everybody's having fun, <laughs> you know? Get Patrick Mahomes and them are like, oh, Taylor Swift, you know? Like, it's, yeah. it's, no, you don't want to be that team where the guy's eating hot dogs or glizzies, as, as the young kids call them, right? In the <laughs> second half. You don't want to, you don't want to be that team that eating, eating double glizzies over there. Nah, not the yeah. footlongs. No. Well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm back on the diet. Jenny and I started this week because enough's enough. The Taco Bell, you know, binging last week through my depression, I had to draw a line in the sand. You know, I'd made such good progress over the summer. So no more glizzies for me, uh, Corey. We're getting back on the grind. So, um, yeah. you know, I got to make sure I'm, you know, looking fit or because I know I'm going to get I know I'm going to get the heat from you if I don't. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Carm, <laughs> Carm can enjoy whatever he calls a, a beverage or a cocktail. Uh, 
Oh my gosh, that was just the worst thing. It's the worst thing known to man. Like, yeah, uh, well, I, I do got to give Mark Harmon a shout out. He's the reason that I was on Fox 32 this morning. It's normally his uh, bit, you know, his hit on Fox 32, and he put in the good word for me. Uh, so I really appreciate it. There you that. go. And we appreciate you, Corey. We're going to wrap things up here tonight. Got the Eagles up 13 to 3 on the Bucks. Uh, three to three for the, the Rams and the Bengals here. So we got a couple Monday night things for everyone to get to. Corey, run we, the we, rock, run the rock, run the rock. Run That's the what you got to do this week. Football, I agree full heartedly. So again, that wraps things up. Please hit that like button on your way out. We appreciate everyone. Go ahead and subscribe uh, to CHGO Sports and make sure you stay tuned for all our live shows and our post game shows tomorrow. Cole Komet going to be back in studio here with nice. chgo bears so we look forward to the conversation with him make sure you tune in ladies and gentlemen we'll see you tomorrow and always bear down, bear down.